Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of The Blacksmith's Furnace with me, Robert. With me, Pete. Me, Mo. Alright. I'm going to start this one off today. Um, I'm tired, you know. <laughs> I'm still half asleep. Okay, you know, let's just get into it today. No story. I'm too tired for a story today. Easy work. Okay. So, this was when, like a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, I was on The Amazing Waste of Time, which is social media, and I came across this this quote by this, I think he's a pastor. Everyone's a social media pastor, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And his quote was, God has not called you just to follow. He has called you to lead. He wants you to dominate in your industry. So I thought that would be an interesting topic for us to start off with today. Mm. So how do you guys feel about what this guy said? Am I, am I allowed to say his name? Yeah, I mean, it's on social media. Uh-huh. Derek Luke. You can find him at actor Derek Luke. Oh, he's an actor. <laughs> not faster than <laughs> Yeah, so that's what he said. God has not called you just to follow. He has called you to lead. He wants you to dominate in your industry. So what So what are you guys' thoughts when you hear that? I'm trying to remember what I said in the group. <laughs> I think no disrespect to this guy but I just don't agree I just don't agree with that statement and I know for some people that are listening to me they might be like <gasps> what um, and it's simply because like one person's perception of dominance is going to vary majorly from another person's perspective of dominance. And I personally don't believe that God has called everyone to lead. Yes, he has called some people to lead, but he has called some people to just live a quiet life. And that is in the Bible. It's in either First or Second Thessalonians. It's just to just lead a quiet life. Just continue, like, with what you have before you. Not necessarily striving to... To come across as being that guy. Yes, the Bible does advise us to work with work in the sense of diligence and putting our best foot forward in all that we do, but that's not an attempt to be dominant. That's not an attempt to be seen as being the forefront. I, I, I kind of feel as though within the church, for my observations anyways, there's such a push on like outward gifts and such a push on people just being world changers and everything like that and I'm not trying to say there's anything wrong with that I'm not what I'm trying to say is that we put so much emphasis on some gifts that other gifts that are equally um, beneficial are kind of overlooked and those who have those gifts might start to feel downplayed because we don't place an importance or a relevance on the on those gifts, we don't place an importance on like on a stay stay at home mum because she's not an entrepreneurial woman who's setting trends and no, she's just a stay at home mum. We don't necessarily place emphasis on that, and that's just one example. We don't place emphasis on the guy who's just working in the phone shop, car phone warehouse, not necessarily seen as the best employee of the month but he's doing what he can and it's like yo you can display Christ without being CEO 
mm. you can display Christ without being dominant in your in your industry. And we need to shed light on that. We need to recognize people who are hairdressers in some any mediocre shop, but are still sharing Christ whilst doing hair and not being seen as being dominant. Fashion designers who aren't winning awards, but who are actually being able to like design people's clothes or stylists or whatever doing stuff and being able to shine Christ and what they do by helping people dress modestly but look good whilst they dress modestly and they're not receiving any plaques or anything but they're still doing it what about people like those and I'm just like we need to shed light, we need to applaud all types of work whether it's at the forefront or in the background we need to be able to applaud and to encourage and to spur on each person whatever walk of life you're in I think one thing I'd say is <coughs> I mean it's a quote probably done I'm, I'm looking at the picture now and you know you see the guys uh, logo and stuff like it's probably a quote that they've done you know in promotion of an event or something but we don't have the context for it mm-hmm. you know it could be a bunch of I'm, I'm just throwing this out there if, what if it is a bunch of CEOs that he's talking to then does that apply to them? Does that make sense? Like, it's a conference of CEOs mm-hmm. and he's talking to them. But even if it is a conference of CEOs, is that the message he should be trying to give? Well, them? that's that's what I was trying to what I was trying to talk about. There was the context of the message. If that makes sense, okay. and, and lack of, lack of knowledge about that. But what what um, what Mo is saying, I definitely see in the sense of. I think we did the episode Lawyers, Doctors and Disappointments being the only three main career paths in an African household and how there are there there are stigmas attached to um, jobs that aren't so prestigious or, or that don't garner as much uh, you know celebrity um, and how statements like this can make for people to feel like if they're not in those positions, if they're not, you know, being praised, or if they're not making money to drive a car that turns heads and stuff like that, then they're not doing something right. Mm. And I think that's the danger with these things. I think it's, I'd, I'd always... I don't know, I think it's better to have possibly safer and, and you know, it's, it's up for... Um, debate but I think it's better to have the aim of pleasing God in mind and that being a driving force to working diligently and everything mm-hmm. than it is to have the aim of desiring dominance or desiring greatness mm-hmm. you know, and that's probably just a safer way to say it or a safer way to approach I would, it but. I would even go as far as saying if you if you truly are if you truly say your life is in submission to Jesus Christ then that statement should not be argued Mm. I'll go as far as saying that because that is one of the safest statements that I have seen because even the Bible says work as unto the Lord and not unto man Mm. whether or not your master is there don't try to act in a way that gains his recognition or his approval by in all things work as unto the Lord knowing that the reward will come from him and that's the thing it's like even I'd even go as far. Okay, on the side side note, when you said, "What if he was aiming it towards um, CEOs?" Mm. I'll still challenge that statement if he was towards CEOs, because I'll say 
then essentially you from my understanding of it and my observation of my nature and the people around me if we challenge if we are challenged on just that level of I'm a CEO and I need to be dominant in order to display God I start to tie my worth and how effective I am not necessarily based on my relationship with God and how I'm tangibly doing that but based on man's recognition of my dominance Mm. or my perception of my dominance so now my self-worth and self-image isn't founded on the person of Christ but founded on human perceptions Mm. and even that is is a very dangerous place that Christ doesn't want us to be on he wants us to find our value our worth everything in him there is now no longer male nor female Jew nor nor, uh, Gentile all are Christ no. Uh, if I can't remember exactly where the scripture is, but it's like it, it does away with bond and free and whatever. In Christ, we are all Christ in him. We're, we're his body. Together, we are being put together. And it's a case of once we start to look at outward um, conditions to be able to... Um, gain some sort of recognition. It's like the difference between someone who is struggling with an outward manifestation of lust and someone who's struggling with an inward manifestation of lust is just that with one person you can see it, with another person you can't. Mm. One person might go home and then binge on Instagram profiles that are just lustful. And another person, it might actually flare up in him actually chasing women. But it's the case of before God, both of them are still struggling with lust. That's an opportunity to say Drake. <laughs> Just going to take that opportunity to say Drake. <laughs> it's like both of them are still struggling with lust. And unless they are able to bring it before God, it, it, it's, it's going to consume them. So it's like, whether outward or inward... I can't even remember the reason I'm brought, but it's like the we shouldn't just look at the out, outward manifestations of certain things and say oh, oh this is either bad or good the standard of holiness isn't holiness isn't just an outward manifestation it's, it's, an, it's a condition of, of, of the heart that you are separated unto God and it flows outwardly in the way you live and it's the same with this in terms of dominance no your heart should be consecrated unto God and then from that from that position you start to live in a manner that you are diligent not from a perspective of I want man to see me no I'm, I'm working as unto God everything that I do whether you eat or breathe do everything as unto the Lord eat or drink sorry not eat or breathe eat or drink do everything as unto the Lord and these are mundane things so it's like oh, these are these are those are selfish things, and the, and the reason why I I really like that verse so much so that like it's the one verse I <coughs> considered getting tattooed um, before I got engaged to a girl that doesn't want tattoos um, is because eating and drinking you don't eat and drink for anyone you can't eat and drink for anyone you it, they are if anything, the most self-serving things. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing those things that you need to do for yourself, and the Bible's saying do those for the Lord, how much more everything else? Mm. Um, I think one thing worth pointing out is that we're not, or at least uh, I don't get the, the feeling that we're saying that because you're not looking for dominance, then you're looking to do a shoddy job. 
Mm, no, or then you're not looking not. for excellence and I think that's where that, that comes in as well if I'm doing it for God like you, you can imagine what people do even looking at Britain's Got Talent what people do when they think they're going to perform for the Queen mm-hmm. the amount of preparation the amount of thought the amount of excellence they bring to that performance and you're doing something for someone who is infinitely more important mm-hmm. infinitely more powerful infinitely more great or greater than the queen like you don't bring shoddy work you know and i think that's that's part that's one thing that's been a disparity where because you're not if if you're not looking for or or the ones that do the best job tend to be the ones that are hungry for that sort of dominance Mm -hmm. and i think maybe that's where a switch needs to come especially in a christian community where we look to do a good job and end up presenting the best sort of work because we're doing it for the best mm-hmm. sort of reason mm-hmm. I think when I first read that the first thing that came to my mind was like like within the church how everyone seems to want to go and start their own church mm-hmm. <laughs> and how it's like nobody likes to be led everyone feels like they need to lead their own church mm-hmm. everyone feels like they're, they're hearing God say you know yeah I, I feel God telling me that I need to go and start a church. Can I throw shots? <laughs> if you must. Because isn't this how the Mormon church started? Mate, this, this is how like, most of these cults started. Because the Mormon church shots. started because the guy was like, there's no there's no church of God. And then he talked to some angel. Mm-hmm. And then the angel's like, yeah, the church of God does not exist. Go and start one. <laughs> Even not going as like extremist cults. Mm. <coughs> I know, like, um, we talked a very long time ago about the fact there are like 240 African churches mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in South London alone. there's an episode coming soon <laughs> yeah and oh, yeah, no I haven't dropped oh, that, it. One's, no. that, that one's going to come one day soon so look out for it look out for how much church still suffers hurt by too much church yeah <laughs> and yeah and like that title <laughs> and it's like all these churches aren't needed mm. yeah <laughs> just say someone churches are needed okay no when, when I say, when don't I say, don't backtrack. Oh no. Some of these churches okay. are not needed. When, when I say they're not needed, it, it's not needed to have three churches on the same road. <laughs> That's what I, I mean. It's not needed. Um, my pastor was telling me how, like in one building alone, there were like sixteen, seventeen different churches Mates. going on at, at the same Mates. time. You know, and it just it it just breaks up the body more and more and more. Mm. If that makes sense, and. I'm all for like going to a church that makes you comfortable, but if you can't find one, doesn't mean you, you, you just have, yeah, just have, you just have to look a bit harder, or maybe just like find one and then not make do, but then you're going to church to praise God, not to like, enjoy think, yourself as much. Well, that's that's the thing though, because the whole the whole because you know you pointed out three churches on one road, and the church I currently go to. Um, <laughs> it's one of many on, on the same street. Well, on, on, the, on the same street, there's another church like, like opposite your opposite church. my church, um, and that's a more Jamaican church, and ours is a more Ghanaian church. And like you know, you walk past on a Sunday, you can hear the difference in the praises, you can hear the difference when they speak, um, and it, and it's like I don't know whether or not this is needed, but. At the same time, it does cater to different people and different cultures. And, and you hear it in the church. My question is, is that needed or yeah, is that I, necessary? I, I, I was going to ask, should culture be more important than a community of worshippers coming to, 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 to worship God? 
I think culture, to a degree, has its place. And I say to a degree very... I kind of stress on that. Because nothing takes more dominance or more importance than the word and the spirit of the Lord. If the spirit of the Lord is leading a pastor or a group of leaders to come together and to do something, then I'll say then they need to allow the spirit of the Lord to kind of do what he's doing first and then compromise, per se, on cultures. Because I have seen Afro-Caribbean churches where they've meshed different nationalities together. But there is a case of when it's Jamaican Day, it's Jamaican Day. When it's Ghanaian Day, it's Ghanaian Day where it's like the Ghanaians kind of take over mm. and everything is very Ghanaian orientated. But at the same time, in terms of what Peter was saying as well, I do... I do understand that certain types of worship appeals more towards certain people. For some people, they, they like to remain still and silent. For some people, they like the drums, they like the whole... And it can be seen as being cultural. It can be seen as being in the African culture. We like our drums, we like our 25 speakers put on volume 11... Pastor is shouting down, everyone speaking in tongues right into the mic. Standing right in front of me, screaming ahead of me. Literally. You feel the bass vibrating through your body, altering your heartbeat. But it's the case of, it's, and for some, that's what they've grown up knowing. And if that, I would even go as far as challenging it that are you then going just for the cultural familiarity or if you're actually going to meet God. But um, that's what everybody's kind of faced. But what, what I'm trying to drive at is, in terms of me, I'm more of a silent worshipper. So I kind of retreat into a quiet place, worship, pray and stuff. Whereas my wife, she's more... Um, vocal. Vocal. And again, it's due to like cultural stuff as well. But I see that she struggles a bit to worship freely whenever she's in an environment that I, I thrive in. Because she's used to music. She's used to being able to dance. She's used to being vocal. And that has become part of the fabric of how she worships. Whilst I feel at home when I'm silent, doesn't necessarily mean that one is right and one is wrong. It just means we're just accustomed and familiar to the way we do things. And some churches will cater to some sorts of worship. Others won't. So it's about finding where you fit and where you feel at most, feel the most at liberty to kind of worship. I think it's worth noting as well that in you know, look at Paul's journeys and how churches were, <coughs> were established in his time, or how Sorry he, he no, sir, uh, how he established churches. It was very communal. It was um, based on geographic proximity. Um, so in that case, I think there is, like you said, there is that place for cultural familiarity and and, and being the place where you feel comfortable. Um, I think the the issue is back then where they had to travel in between uh, towns and you know they had to go on long journeys to get from one place to another and send messages over over equal distance. Now we're a lot closer, and I think that's what the problem has been in the sense of where there's so many different cultures within proximity of one another and they all like to group together in their little nooks and that's why we have you know however many African churches in in, in a small space I just think um, if there the, well, I guess one mark I would say of a good place is if you are 
then thrust into an environment they are not used to. Mm-hmm. Are you still able to engage with the God? And if you are, then that's probably a mark of a good church that has built you up to you go and find God or, or, or to make sure your relationship with God is on point. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's not just a place of comfort or, mm-hmm. or ease. So I can only worship God here and I can't go outside. Because you have people go to uni and they're like, oh, they don't worship like I worship at church. So you know, they just go stop to going to church and start going to the club. <laughs> um, but I think where the church is focused on the right things, which is developing the people, um, then wherever you find yourself, you, you manage to. Do I have to admit as well, for me personally, I actually long. I know there's 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 a few, and there's a handful, but I long to see a truly multi-ethnic church. Mm. I know that. Yeah, I, I long to see a multi-ethnic church. Um, I have stayed at different worship, worship styles and different things that appeal to different people, but I, I long to see a church that there's different ethnicities, different nationalities and backgrounds just coming together under the sole purpose of worshipping, and you can still see the love. You can see everything kind of flowing through. Um, I'm not trying to throw shots or chuck shade at people. Pow! But it's a case of, I know right now just mentioning it, I can just hear mingling, somebody's going to say, what about Hillsong? I was thinking Hillsong. uh, What about Hillsong? Hillsong And and it's a case of, I'm not going to throw shots or anything like that, but what I want to see Hillsong isn't. Okay. What what, what I'm trying to describe, I haven't seen it or found it in Hillsong. It's something that... um, Yes, Hillsong has that appearance, but the the consistency and the tangibility of what I want to see, I haven't seen in Hillsong. In Hillsong, people just come and go and like. Hey, hold up, hold up. <laughs> Daryl said he liked it when he went to Hillsong. But that's, that's the thing. How like, did Daryl go to that said to Hillsong? I want to. I want to see. I want to see a church that, like, the worship is on point. The the word is sound. The, the fellowship is consistent, the love is there, and the retention, the discipleship. Have you been to Hillsong before? I personally haven't been there, but I have observed and I have had a lot of people that have gone there and like, fed back their personal experiences. And the reason I haven't been there is from what I have observed. I don't want to go there and... <clears throat> I've been to Hillsong before, and it felt more like a concert. Than the, the church that's, service. That's exactly the, the sort of feedback that always comes back. But then is that because you've been used to or accustomed to a certain type of worship, a no. certain type of church service? Mm, no, because um, like everything is like so loud and there's like so many people. That, like the music is so like the bass of the drum. It will like your heart will start beating to the bass <laughs> to, to to like the drum beat, mm. and it's just so loud and there's not really any like quiet time for you to just like worship God. Mm. Everything is loud, 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 and loud. Then you have um, the sermon. They have announcements. Then maybe have a few songs at the end. Mm. Everything is just too loud, and mm. and because there's so many people, mm. there's there's not really that sense of community. Mm-hmm. In, in a sense that that like a lot of the people will be like tourists mm. who, who 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 come to Hillsong because they're there in London mm. for that that week. And then you'll never see them again. I mean, the, the reason that I challenge it a little bit is because, like, normally with mega churches like that, you notice there are, or even with, with normal churches, you notice there are, like, um, cell groups and stuff that they do for the members um, because 
it's such a big congregation it's hard to have that communal feel in church service mm. so during the week they ensure that they have that in smaller cells and you wouldn't know about that unless you are a consistent member there um, with your name on some list that they put you with some group or, or something like that mm. so that's, that's why I'm just saying like you know one going there once or twice might not give you a a real a, sense, a real sense of, of, okay, no. that's understandable and from what I from what I've observed as well um, all those who do actually have a sense of community within Hillsong are within um, not necessarily the membership but they are serving mm. to some capacity so mm. I know a few drummers a few musicians within there and because they're actually serving musically, there's that sense of community. Because obviously you need to practice, mm-hmm. you need to go rehearsal, stuff like that. So there's that sense of community. But in terms of um, other people that I've seen, every time that they go and they come back, the main aspect that they speak about is the concert-likeness of the worship and of the service. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just a case of that's... That's all I hear about. It's almost like, you know when you go... <coughs> go, like, out on those, like, retreats, on, like, those retreat weekend kind of things. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's like, it's always a big fanfare. You have, like, you have music, you have talks. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of thing. It, it feels like talks more than sermons, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. There's, like, a slight difference between... the two. I, I don't know how exactly to, to, mm-hmm. to, to explain it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah... It does, uh, yeah. Be- I think because um, again, just just like some 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 people passing through, mm. it's a thing where they just want it almost feels like they want to give people a message that they can take with them as they go along on their journey, as opposed to giving a message that that can be cultivated as weeks go on with mm. with mm. the community yeah. and congregation that that will be there mm. throughout. This this is another thing that please feel free to kind of shed your insights on this as well. And listeners as well, I kind of want to hear your insights. I think you are going to disagree slightly on me with this, Peter. I mean, Robert. I looked you dead in your eye and called you Peter. Sorry. Um, And it's... When it comes to the focus of church, I feel as though... For the most part, we've kind of shifted our focus a bit. Um, Not everyone, but some churches. Um, And some churches want to be evangelical. Um, So they want to be known for going out, winning souls, getting people to come into the church. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. What I am saying is the primary focus of the gathering of believers from what I see in the word is to come together and to marvel at who God is to fellowship and worship God together and then from that we we live a life that draws people towards it we don't necessarily come to church to go get people but from coming to church, it's, it's like, not everyone who goes to church is a Christian. Uh-huh. But Christians should go to church. Not everyone who, not every, <clears throat> is, ah, okay, how, how should I put it? It's like, we shouldn't just go to church to go get people or 
go get people to come to church. We should go to church to worship, to bask at God, to kind of gaze at the God that we, we worship communally. And from that, there should be a heart to go seek people and to share the God that you're worshiping communally with people. So when people come, they're not being given a reason to worship God, but they're kind of being opened up and given an insight into the God that we are worshiping. So they get to catch a glimpse of the God that we're worshiping. I kind of see it as churches are now becoming really focused with saving saving the lost, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but to the detriment of consistently and faithfully presenting God to the people to equip them and to to ground them in the word and everything is every message that is given is more towards um why you why you need God kind of like the unbelievers why you need God um you need to give your life to God um you don't want to go to hell blah 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 this and that rather than just opening up scripture and allowing and just revealing God to your congregation oh. teaching the congregation about God edifying the congregation so even if an unbeliever comes he won't necessarily get reasons why he should believe in God he will get to see the God that you lot believe in and God himself will draw the unbelievers to him because the Bible says the, power, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation so we need to preach the gospel and in preaching the gospel, we're, we're preaching Jesus. So if, if you faithfully present Jesus to your congregation day in, day out, one, the um, spirit that dwells in God, now, the spirit that dwells in Jesus now dwells in us. And he will stir us up to do what Jesus did in the sense of <coughs> to love others as Jesus loved us. To go out and to make disciples to go out and to spread his word to equip us to be able to um give a defense for our faith rather than trying to bring people into the church and then bombarding them with reasons if you just display god to them i believe that god would do that drawing yeah. but what's your perspective i see peter's kind of gone into this deep i don't know why you thought i, di- I disagree with that <laughs> no, I, I, because you're very much on the perspective of we need to go out and go save people. Oh, no, 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 that's, 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 that's not my perspective. <laughs> no, 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 no. You make it sound like your perspective, like, no, let them die. <laughs> I, didn't, I don't want to mention the church, that's why, cause, but that's kind of like the emphasis of your church. Is it? I believe so. No, 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 Everyone knows I go to the Salvation Army. If you listen to like the, the podcast, you know I'm a Salvation. I'm not a Salvationist, but I attend the Salvation Army Church. Yeah, I'm trying to get my pastor down to come one Sunday. It's a bit difficult. You know? it's a bit difficult. Well, anyway, yeah. So no, um, within the Salvation, well, from for like what I've seen in my church in the Salvation Army, um, it's very much about showing God through serving. As opposed to um, guys on the street saying, "Oh, do you know about Jesus?" Da, 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 mm-hmm. okay. about it. Yeah. So, like on like a normal Sunday, so we'll have normal Sunday service, and then um, from like three to six, we'll have like activities for the community for the homeless. Mm. So we run a choir, we run a book club. I don't know why they put me in charge of the choir because I, I really can't sing. <laughs> but they, <laughs> Well, yeah, and then we'll have like a communal meal 
Okay. And yeah, we used to have it on on Wednesdays, but then the meal was changed to Sundays. And the thought behind that was that it would allow more of the congregation to get involved mm. with the community. Mm. Because on Wednesdays it was like during lunchtime mm. when, when like a lot of people would be at work. Mm. So people who may have wanted to come down couldn't, couldn't. because of work stuff. But if it's on a Sunday, no one works, well no one really works on a Sunday. Mm. So it gives um the church an opportunity to to put into action the love of God that, that is talked about mm. on a Sunday. Mm. And at the same time it allows those who come in to see the love of God through the serving of the people, um, through the congregation, mm. and yeah, and yeah, and mm. yeah, no, because I was gonna say that's that's uh, that's the image I have of your church is is yeah very much community based, very much community <coughs> helping the community and doing stuff for mm. people in the community that might not even necessarily be Christian, but just in that area. When you were talking, I thought you were talking more about Potter's house. I didn't. I don't want to mention any names. I'm mentioning names. I don't want to mention names. What's Potter's house? So it's a church. if if you walk around in Croydon on any given day, <laughs> you will see them. In a, now, now the thing is that, and I mention names because I'm of the I'm of the disposition that they're not. It's not necessarily wrong. I think the problem has come of uh, of you know having so many different churches all together, mm-hmm. and and I think. What what brought that about is you've got people, whereas I believe the ministry should be fivefold. So your prophets, your teachers, mm-hmm. your evangelists, your pastors, and your apostles. Mm-hmm. All of them should be should exist in any given church. But but what what I'm what I think it might be is you've got an evangelist going off and then doing his church, mm-hmm. and he's going to produce evangelists. You're going to possibly go enough for the church. You're going to produce those things. So you find that the church is almost specialist in one area, mm. um, and so almost that's, like a factory for like churning those kind of well, people. Not, not even that, because that has a negative connotation to it. <laughs> but in the sense of, like, yeah, yeah, kind of like that. But where it's more, you're going to get this type of people in this church, and it's mm-hmm. going to be very focused on that. And I think it's. <coughs> You know, I, I think it might not necessarily be the best, but I think that's just the way the body of Christ is right now. And there are people playing different functions, but almost in isolation of others. Mm-hmm. So um, do you think that people need that rounded kind of exposure to all different aspects of Christianity? Ideally, yes, but we don't live in an ideal world. Um, and, and what what I... Uh, I'll mention these guys, West Croydon Baptist Church. Because what they started doing is they start going to the individual churches around mm-hmm. and then be like, let's come together. So, you know, they do, they're very much, not like Salvation Army, I don't know, in terms of doctrine or anything, but they very much do stuff for the community and they're very community focused. Whereas, you know, Church of Pentecost, you know, <laughs> I was going to say something. God, thank you, God. Hold on, let me say it. Say it, say it. <laughs> I don't know why he wanted to mention churches' names, because if he didn't mention their names, you could just go in. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't go in. That's why. Yeah, but anyway, so my church, they do stuff like that. It's it's nice, but they're not as much. Hmm. And my church is all they, they focus a lot on the prayer and the binding by fire and you know praying for immigration you know, papers and stuff. You know what? Yeah, that's that's why I left my first church. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> Um, I haven't mentioned any names, but that's why. Like, how can I go to a prayer meeting and I'm praying against my auntie in the village who's tying up my shoes? No, 
just just give me Jesus. I don't want to talk about So here's the thing where, you know, we, we all, they, they started this thing and then we all kind of came together and did something in the community. But you're exposed to all these different things and it's like, well, this is what the body of Christ should mm-hmm. be like. There's some that do the community, they have that heart for the community. Mm-hmm. There's some that have the heart for prayer and for all of that. There's some that have the heart for studying and all of that. But then they all should be part of the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I think the unfortunate thing is we've all broken up into different things. Mm-hmm. But I think where that sense of unity is there, then even in that state, we can all kind of come together and do what needs to be done. So do you think it would be beneficial if churches started to combine? Maybe not every Sunday, because that might not be feasible, but... Yeah, yeah, very much like what what they did at uh, what's going in Baptist, and then every year they do it combine and, and you know bring the different facets because it's it's unfortunate that the different facets have to go and be isolated, mm-hmm. and I think that's where you have problems, and that's that's not the way Christ what it should be. But if we come together, you know, it's like the Megazord, you know, you have the uni- individual swords, they're not as good when <laughs> they come together. The power Rangers talk. Mm-hmm. I was just about to say it's like going to the gym and working on your biceps the whole time. You just have big guns and no legs. No, yeah. no legs, no back, no abs, no no traps. Just just Popeye. <laughs> it's Popeye out here. But yeah, and it, it's, it's it's that. It's a case of different churches coming together. And as you said, the fivefold ministry is something that, to a degree, has been neglected or has been kind of looked down upon, or different pe- people within the fivefold have been looked upon suspiciously because certain individuals haven't really done that quote unquote. Um, title mm. a service they've done more a disservice so they start to look a bit funny on it funny at it um, but as you said ideally a church should be running with the firefold so they can operate within all five offices um, and why would I say all five offices have been given for the edification of the church but what if um, a denomination doesn't um, believe in one of these sections then, then that would be to the detriment of that denomination it's a case of every again I'll use a bodybuilder every bodybuilder has got a specific or unique diet plan that they believe they should follow but if they start to neglect certain nutrients then their body is going to suffer and yes they can look outwardly good but if their diet is iron deficient then their body's going to start lacking iron. So even though they're getting the results they want in terms of muscle, it's going to get to a point where the body's going to stop functioning in certain aspects because of the iron deficiency. And that's unfortunately what we started to see in different churches, where they focus so much on miracles and stuff like that that their doctrine is starting to slip. Mm. So any person that just comes and says, oh, pray for this sort of healing, everyone is on it. But if you come with sound biblical teaching, they're like, no, what strange things are you bringing before us? Because we, we've never heard of, of what um, justification by, by faith without works. Everything that we've heard is you, you need to pray for 24 hours, fast for the next 24 hours, and then tithe into your pastor's personal bank account. Hey, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> and then everything will be done for you, not disregarding God's word. So I believe that all of it needs to be working, but as Peter rightly said, that's in the ideal situation. We're not living in an ideal world, but I believe churches need to be striving towards it. I definitely commend West Croydon Baptist Church for coming together, even if it's not every Sunday, but 
placing an emphasis on different churches within West Croydon to come together and to do something. Mm -hmm. And the reason I brought this up is because I've started to see a lot of churches that are very much, they call it seeker-friendly, where everything that the church does is orientated around saving the lost. So even their services is orientated around it. And even though, in theory, it it sounds good, practically, things like discipleship and actually starting to sow into people starts to be starts to get lost because mm. everyone is just bring somebody to church every week and that's the only focus rather than you who are bringing people into church how is your work going like how are you growing how is your relationship going like discipleship investing in those who are actually in the church rather than placing emphasis on them only when they bring someone in yeah. and really truly that should be like a faction in the church that does that and yeah. then when they bring yeah. people in there's a faction that, that does there's a discipleship yeah. and there's a faction that studies and we all kind of work Come together. together so having this conversation that we're having now and us knowing that churches each of our churches can can improve in some ways mm-hmm. how do we feel that each of us can affect change within our own churches and, and like what kind of change do you, do you feel needs to happen within our own separate churches okay I like that I want to relate it back to the main topic that we started off with in terms of dominance and stuff the reason I brought up the church is because again that this is like an outward um, expression in terms of going out getting people coming in people are seeing that yes these people are going hard Potter's house every set blood I'll be on the train someone from Potter's house is on the train just mm, and it's normally the youth, and it's like... I love them guys for that. For that's that the thing, is like, the zeal behind it was there. But sometimes the wisdom and the way they applied it wasn't necessarily there. And it could land them into more trouble and it could do more harm than good. Mm. Um, but the zeal was there, definitely. And it's a case I, of, I, I will have to make the argument for them, though, that it's better than no one not doing anything. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely true. <coughs> the reason sometimes is kind of shunned a bit is because sometimes it's done without wisdom mm. so if, if if it was done with wisdom like not being so um, out there can sometimes do you more good than being so forceful and stuff but um, as God directs really um, the reason I pointed pointed out to that in relation to this was this was that was an outward manifestation that some can see some can say that oh no this this is what needs to happen without necessarily recognizing the inward stuff that are starting to slip because of it in terms of discipleship in terms of right teaching doctrines and stuff like that that, that is starting to slip within the church and um do you, do you feel like the the, the doctrine in your church is sound <laughs> <laughs> it's a grenade do, do, just... do you know what it is yeah you you like dropping bombs like that like, in, in all honesty, <laughs> you haven't mentioned anything. I, I haven't mentioned it, so I'm nice. In all honesty, I can't say anything. I will. But, yeah. In all honesty, no. In all honesty, the church that I go to, I believe that they worship the pastor more than they worship God. So why do you stay? Because God has led me there for a reason. And, what, and would you like to reveal what this reason? I'm is? there. I'm there to learn. I'm there to learn, and I'm learning from what I see is wrong. And I'm learning to not be content in just seeing what's wrong, but actually working towards making stuff right. And I'm learning how to go about that. 
So not just get up and just say, heretic. But actually pray and be like, God, how would you have me approach this situation? Mm. How can I make the best impact? Um, because the church worships the pastor, if I just... Go, if I just... It's not that bad. It's not that bad. Blood. Blood. If I just go guns blazing against this pastor, everyone's just going to excommunicate me. And literally. And I am not going to be effective. So literally there's wisdom that is needed to be able to affect change. And I believe I'm there to learn. I'm there to learn to wait on God, to be in God, to, to literally follow him step by step. It's a difficult lesson when you're going there every Sunday and you're seeing stuff in front of you that shouldn't be. But at the same time, it's, it's one that's necessary. And in terms of your question, I would say it will start with us accepting who God has made us. So if God has made you an evangelist, God has made someone else a prophet, God has made someone else a, an apostle, teacher, whatever it is, accept it. And if God hasn't given you one of those fivefold ministries, but he's given you hospitality, he's given you um, charity, he's given you different things, administration, accepting it. But at the same time, accepting the gifts that he has given others and seeing how you can work in tangent. So not only accepting yours and accepting others, but growing in yours, mm -hmm. helping others grow in theirs and seeing if you can work together to, to move forward. And it's the same with this. If he... If God has made him dominant in his industry, but God hasn't made me dominant in my industry, accepting that both of us are still bringing glory to God and his dominance isn't the only way to bring glory to God. And how can we work together? That, I think, would be a way forward. Okay. What about you, Pete? Uh, which, 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 which one? Um... Is it the, the doctrine the doctrine part? Oh, okay yeah let's start with doctrine <coughs> you know the, the teachers that I've learned from um, the ones that I feel have good doctrine are the ones that say they can never stop studying because you can never have perfect doctrine you know you keep on studying you keep on learning um, and you know they'll tell you every time they go back to the bible read a certain passage they get something new from it because it's that you know it's, it's that significant um, a book uh, so I don't think I don't think my church has the best doctrine at the moment. Um, I think the good thing is we're seeing leaders come up that are willing to learn and that and that are diverse in their learning as well. So it's not just the pastor that came before them speech that they re recite. They they take time to study, you know. Um, and, and I'm seeing a lot of that, and I think that's a move in the right direction. Um, but as to perfect doctrine, no. Um, I don't think they, and I think they have, and I say that all the time. So, those there know that's how I feel. Um, in terms of what I can do, I think very much, uh, and in the lines of what Mo was saying, uh, I have to. There, there's wisdom to it because I was very much guns blazing, going against everyone, and and you know, challenging and questioning everything. And it's like you can make noise to make a point. Or you can make a point that actually has an effect, mm -hmm. you know. And I can make noise, and you can, you know. Uh, there are times where I'd go against something, and yeah, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll drop the right verse and drop everything, like, especially in our culture as well. Small <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. And then it 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 took away from what 
I was trying mm. to do because it now just appeared more as oh, Peter's rebellious. Yeah, being disrespectful. Than, yeah, being disrespectful then. But what did he actually say? Mm. You know, and so it, it was a matter of God showing me that's not the way to go. And, and to some extent, that was my own ego and, and me just, you know, feeling proud um, of what little I, I know. Um, but now it's more, yeah, constantly praying and constantly being in communion with God and asking him, how should I go about this? Is this right? Am I wrong? You know, um, what, what, what does your word say about it? Um, and recognizing that more often than not, these are people with the right intentions. You know, and sometimes the way we approach some of these things can make it seem like you're doing something wrong or mm-hmm. you know, the pastor doing something wrong and then he has to kind of cover his back. You know, and you're really, it, you might be revealing insecurities in him, but it's like, now I'm the pastor. If I see him a certain way, then these guys are not going to listen to me. You know, that's, and, and you don't want to create that sort of situation. God is not a God of confusion. That's the work of the devil, you know, even though with seemingly good intentions. I think it's important to be prayerful and, and to apply wisdom and to let God show you how to best effect your change, all the while remaining faithful uh, to, to the things that we've been instructed to do, which is love each other, love one another. Well, um, okay. Bobby A. Bobby A. Babes. You don't know. Anyway, so if anyone's called another man, babes. No, 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 no. Oh, I was going to say that if anyone of us was going to set up his own church, Specifically for babes, it'll probably be wrong. Yeah. Not to do for babes. I'd have like maybe like a relationship ministry. No, actually, no. I hate that word ministries. But no, that's the podcast for another day. Anyway, so doctrine wise, um, um, yeah, I haven't heard anything out, out um, outlandish in my church ever. I don't think, and yeah, don't. They play it very safe. Not. Not that they're scared to say, to like say the truth, mm. but yeah, it's very much about um, relationship with God, mm. as opposed to God wants you to be a millionaire, go out and chase. Mm. <laughs> and chase. Yeah, it's, it's it's very much about a relationship with God and then how you can use that to serve other people. Mm. So yeah, I'm just I'm trying to think. Yeah, doctrine wise, I've never had any grabs with anything anyone has said mm-hmm. and yeah and I can tell that my pastors they like put time and effort into their sermons and things mm-hmm. so like even when even when we're we're practicing like worship is practicing on, on like a Thursday night for, for for Sunday my pastor will be he'll come in as well and go to his office and then he'll be like working on his message whilst we're practicing mm-hmm. and then it's just, it's just like re- reassuring to like to actually, yeah because I've been to so, to churches where the pastor just freestyled his sermon. <laughs> he was and, like, and the things you can tell sometimes, like you can tell. It was, it was like, you know what, yeah, I was going to do this sermon, but I felt like the Holy Spirit said, you know what, I should speak on this. Mm. And that doesn't fill me with, <laughs> with much confidence. Because, yeah. But it can happen. It, it can happen. But I, I don't know. That's, to me, that, that just seems a bit reckless. <laughs> because, <clears throat> like, I haven't prepared what you what you're going to say fair enough the Holy Spirit can lead you in what you're going to say well then I still feel there should be like that that the like preparation as as as, as the Holy as God said to you who was it who was it who was it was it Peter was it Peter and the disciples and, and God said you know do not consider do not plan what you're going to say to the judges yeah, it was Peter. I'll, I'll lead you you know the Holy Spirit will give you 
give you the right utterance. Like, it can be possible, but yeah, I mean. Do you know an interesting thing is, yeah? Um, if you read through Book of Acts, they never actually spoke from sermon notes or anything like that. They never prepared their messages. It's a case of, I was doing research into this, and the reason in um, Britain anyways that preparing sermons and stuff became so big, and correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, um, it got to a point where they, people, it's like people started to conspire against the king. So the king placed a requirement of every preacher to present a transcript of whatever they were about to preach on mm. to him before they preached. Mm. So he could see it and see, is this person trying to conspire against me or is he preaching a message against me or not? Mm. I'm not sure how it kind of filtered to different countries and stuff, but in Britain anyways, from what, from what I've actually researched, that that was the reason everyone started working with notes, to be able to hand it in to get scrutinised before they actually went and presented it. Mm-hmm. So before, it was very much, God, what would you have me say? And then do the thing. Um, even Francis Chan, he went to, a, uh, went to a conference one time and he said, I had prepared for this, but I just felt God saying I couldn't present this. So I was just praying, what should I do, what should I do? And when he got there, he said, I felt God saying I should speak on this. And that talk led to a lot within that, within that place. Actually, no, he was talking about another conference that he had done and he prepared for it. And God said, no, don't talk about this, talk about repentance. Talk about coming before God and actually repenting. I think I mentioned it in one of the podcasts. And he mentioned it and he said, I feel like God is saying, that as a church, we need to have a time of repentance. So I want people to kind of come up and confess their sins. And people start coming up. One person will say, um, oh, I stole this on that day and then he was like yeah that's that's not what we're looking for good for repenting but that's not what we're looking for and then I got to one guy who came up he was a youth leader and he was saying um, back when I was a youth leader he had a girlfriend and he was just sleeping with her um, and his lust got so bad that he started to try to do things with his little brother. And it's like, he was doing that all the while that he was still leading the youth. And he was saying that he's been feeling really bad about it, really guilty and stuff. He's been trying to fight it and everything, but he just hasn't been able to. And he was just confessing and confessing and he broke down as he was doing it. And then literally the whole church just got up and surrounded him, started hugging him, started praying for him and stuff. And he was like, this, this is why God said I should do this. Because this person had to do this. And that was definitely, from what he said, a move of the Holy Spirit. But what could you do in terms of moving forward and incorporating, trying to facilitate or incorporate the different aspects? Um, <coughs> in my church, at the minute, I think what needs to be worked on is synergy. Because I feel like... <laughs> The way you had a smile, synergy. <laughs> yeah, I feel like with certain parts of the church, is very much part of forever versus congregation. Mm. So, like certain groups within the congregation will decide that they want to have this kind of service or um, for a celebration for this person without going to the pastors mm. and saying this is what we want to do. 
which isn't the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at the same time, pastors can be a bit like that as well. They'll, they'll be like, you know, we want to have this kind of program happening, and yeah, um, yeah, they wanted. I can't remember what, what it was, but they wanted to start a program, and um, we've got like a like a core council. Mm. So like we we like usually discuss these things about like pros and cons whether we should do it when should we do it but then there was this one one program and it was like it had already been put through without it being talked to with the council and I don't think people were too happy with, with that I was fine with it because I'm like you know you're the pastors and you guys are, are supposed to be leading this church so my faith is in you to do the right thing mm. and, and, and it wasn't like the program was a bad thing and it went forward then Everyone loved it, mm. but it's just that accountability of just like talking it through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think right now there just needs to be that breaking down of walls and just like conversation needs, needs to happen as to mm. how we can become more of a body mm. as opposed to different different limbs mm. attached to the same thing. Mm. Yeah. Before we wrap up as well, to kind of give tangibly. Um, a demonstration of how different um, gifts have actually come together within the Blacksmith Furnace and we've been able to work. I'd kind of like to go around and ask us what do you feel our gifts is? It doesn't have to be pastor, teacher, whatever, this and that. Like, if it's management, if it's organising, if it's kyokushin, whatever, fight, beating people up, <laughs> whatever. But just to show tangibly how different gifts have been able to come together and do something tangible in terms of blacksmith furnace on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. So yeah, anyone like to start if if you need time to kind of mull it over. Can you start it last or see? Just fall from you know like that. Um, it doesn't mean I was ready to answer. Okay, I'll go first. I feel like my role within the blacksmith furnace is <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. There's, there's not facilitator. Even, <laughs> not, not even just in the blacksmith furnace, but or just, just in general. In general, in terms of within within your faith, what gifts and what uh, talents do you think God has given you in terms of obviously body A events, so Bobby events organising yeah. and stuff. I very see my, I see I still I see myself very much as an overseer. Okay. So yeah, facilitator. I like that word. It's a, it's a, it's a nice word. Instigator. <laughs> that's another word, but that's. <laughs> I was yeah. about to say base station, but that's a channel that shouldn't be mentioned on Blacksmith Furnace. Yeah, so I feel like I'm very good at allowing people to to use their talents mm. and like give them that spatial environment where they can feel safe enough to to go forth and and try something out, maybe make some mistakes, but then just walk with them as they're they're, they're going through um, like. Yeah, even in, in like the worship team, before I was out, I was on like leading every week in worship. Um, but now I found that there are people who may be better suited than me to do, mm-hmm. and there are people who have the potential to go in to to, to go in and become good worship leaders. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of taken a step back and just like allowed them to mm-hmm. to like. To, 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 to like, flourish yeah. and exercise the gifts that's good so yeah I just yeah I'm all about trying to make people the best that they can be mm. that's what I'm happy doing and I feel that's 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 my gift from God to people how about teacher teacher 
Yeah, I think that's the same, 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 same thing. Um, yeah, same but different as well. Yeah. So, um, teaching. And this is, on the, I'd like to do it more, but I feel like to do it more, I need to study a lot more than I am. So, but definitely, yeah. I definitely like, love taking people through the Bible, especially people who are brand new to the faith. Mm. Yeah, just like the whole press, process of, of like learning how to study the Bible, mm. how to find a way to study the Bible that that works with them mm. as opposed to, yeah, this is how I do it, so you do it this way. Because everyone's got their different styles, so it's mm. just about helping them find their own style and, and coming to know Christ and form, form a relationship with them. Sweet. Um, I put yourself thinking. Um, and this this is where I kind of, I have to own it, but at the same time I don't like I don't want to just stand forth and say this is me, no. But it's it's like I definitely believe the gifts that God has given me, the offices, is similar to you in terms of overseeing. Um, I'm a stickler for things within the church, anyways. Um, being right and being in line with the word. So as I was saying, the focus of the church, discipleship, stuff like that. Um, looking into it and praying over it. It's it's more in line with the role of an elder and overseer. Um, so I believe God has made me put giving me that heart in terms of eldership and oversight. Oversight um, from what I've studied as well, I've, I've realised that past um, the leadership of the church isn't isn't necessarily just the pastor, but it's the eldership and the overseers. So that I believe I have that gift. I believe um, God has made me a prophet and a teacher. Um, and um, so yeah, those, those are more in terms of church roles. Um, God has given me a heart to for people in the sense of allowing them to discover themselves. So in terms of what you're saying, so creating environments to allow them to kind of flourish and explore themselves, find out who they are, and to accept who they are, um, which is difficult because I'm having to do that myself. So it's like challenges that I'm facing will be similar to what they would face as well, not exactly the same because everyone's unique as you said. But yeah, to kind of discover myself, accept myself and help others do the same as well, to discover who they are. And yeah, so I'll say that in terms of um, church-wise anyways, um, prophet, teacher and elder. I think for me it's more, um, I've noticed it's, it's more being in the background and and helping out with stuff like that. Um, it's, I don't know. Uh, yeah, like just in church, I find You're myself. You're trying to be modest. No, 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 not even at all. <laughs> I'm trying to be proud. No, uh, <laughs> no like I find myself. I find myself being, you know, the guy that doesn't show up. You know, like just stays like at church. I'll stay upstairs and I'll do all mm. the. Um, I prefer being upstairs and doing all the. Um, behind the scenes where getting the projector getting the sound on point and then after church I'll just duck out like that. that's where I am now anyway um, uh, and that's that's where I find I find myself uh, being so as what, well, about, what about your role as um, Bible study initiator yeah so then that, that would be the other aspect of things uh, in the sense of like I have a really uh, a really high view of the um, of the Bible, um, and I enjoy showing that. I enjoy getting people to see that, uh, getting people to see the Bible for 
more than the book that people think it is. Um, so yeah, definitely studying and um, I want to say I don't know if it's teaching, but like getting people to study more and, and challenging ideas. So I think mm. yeah, so pretty much an instigator in that as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Management as well. <clears throat> management, but I'm not managing anyone yet. So. Yeah, but you've got you've got the heart for it, and it's something you want to do. Mm, yeah, and yeah. you're managing Blacksmith Furnish right now. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. You're just doing the whole thing from you. You're recording it. You're putting. You're checking the levels. You're adding the beginning and sound ending, and the music of Brothers and Rhyme. Just gonna put that out there right now. I was close. I was close. So close. I tried. I tried. Um, I did want to say something because one person asked uh, a question uh, last week that I wanted to get to, mm-hmm. but I, I couldn't <laughs> um, just because of time. If what J. Uh, just shout out to her. Um, and last week I put out the Don't Pray Here um, podcast that we recorded um, about the whole cinema thing, that they didn't want to play the Lord's Prayer. And I think at some point in the conversation, we, we kind of talked about um, uh, shooting a gay wedding, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it, it kind of took that tangent. And we talked about how we would, or I think the consensus we kind of came to um, was uh, regarding attending a gay wedding and mm-hmm. like even you know shooting photography wise a gay wedding, um, and she was asking. Uh, she 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 said uh, she's struggling to see how it's not necessarily celebrating the sin, or of you know if it's a gay wedding celebrating that sin or by attending it. If if you are a Christian and you're attending it as well, um, so I, I don't know how you guys want to respond or if you guys have anything to say. I, I have a response in mind. Um, but I'll let you guys in, in terms I'll, I'll address it firstly from the terms of shooting a gay wedding mm. I would have no qualms shooting it I would have qualms editing it <laughs> <laughs> because the, the thing is you know, <coughs> and the pictures I would have qualms editing are that you may kiss your partner pictures just sitting there for like half an hour trying to get the colour contrast right on two like either two men or two women kissing I'm just going to be like, yo, yeah, this, this is too much for me. And it's not from the perspective of being homophobic or anything, but that's not my lifestyle, so I can't kind of just sit there and watch that scene over and over again. Um, but it's, if, I, if, I, if I can just shoot it, give it to somebody else to edit, fam, do your thing. If I can select out those pictures and then give it to them, because I do generally like editing pictures. Um, I can sit there for days and just edit. Um, but in terms of... And that, that's from a perspective of... If I'm willing to shoot um, a christening or I'm willing to shoot um, a baby picture that was born out of wedlock, if I'm willing to shoot different things that doesn't necessarily sit right with the word, then what's the major difference? If if I kind of um, sidestep a gay marriage, then I'm trying to highlight that as a worse sin. And that's the reason why I, I would be less, a lot less reluctant to shoot a gay wedding. Mm. Um, in terms of going to go, attending a gay wedding, um, in all honesty, it will be along the same lines as this. If I will go to, and I have been to a christening in a church of a baby whose parents weren't in wedlock and still aren't in wedlock, 
they are married. So it's a case of if I'm if, if I was willing to do that, then and they're doing it in the church with a pastor actually blessing the baby. Um, if I'm willing to do that, and I'm not willing to go to a gay wedding, am I then saying um, sex outside of a marriage outside of marriage between a man and a woman is all right? But two men or two women trying to gain a relationship is worse. It's, it's, it's not all right. Mm. Obviously, both within the word isn't cool. Mm. And then it just boils down to your own convictions. Because mm. the Bible does say anything not done in faith is sin. Mm. So if you don't have the faith to be able to go there, if you can't go there in good faith, then I'll say you don't go. I personally can't see myself and it's not because it's any worse sin or whatever it's just a case of I, I just can't just go there and just sit down and I, I, I personally it's my personal convictions so I don't think I would attend a gay wedding mm-hmm. and just it's like yeah I, I don't think that I can bring myself to do that and there's nothing against them or whatever it's, it's just I don't think I can mm-hmm. um, but I wouldn't mind shooting it mm-hmm. <laughs> um Rob, do you have anything? If, if not, I've got, I've got a response. Um, yeah. As opposed to, like, wedding-wise, would I plan a gay wedding? Uh, there you go. No. Oh. <laughs> only, there you go. Oh. Only because... Not only, <coughs> not only because... One, because, like, conviction. Mm. Two, it just doesn't go with the kind of brand of weddings I'm trying to... Okay. Trying to go down. Mm. So, like, so, like, so, like, would it make sense to do a gay wedding? Because, because of the trying to... Because of the tra- kind of clients I'm trying to attract, mm. so if you have that question to see, business point of view, yeah. as well. As opposed to whether I would go to a gay wedding, no. Only because I don't like going to events. I don't like weddings. Like <laughs> a wedding planner that doesn't like weddings. I swear. Not. Well, I I I like organizing and, and planning and coordinating a lot more than I enjoy attending events. Fair so enough. if I don't have to be at an event, like if. If I'm not learning anything, or I'm going there to, to, to like see your friend, I won't, I won't go. Even a wedding, a wedding is a long day, you know. Mm. I just don't have that kind of energy. Would you go to a wedding that you have organised? What do you mean? I have so, to be there because yeah, because yeah. because oh, yeah. yeah because I have, to, I, have to, I have to coordinate on the day as well. Fair enough. I just thought you just planned it and then let everything kind of. On a, after like the first dance, I probably like disappear for a while and then come back to just like. Sit, sit down and everything. Mm. Yeah, uh, I think that's me done. Fair I think, like, uh, and I think we said this in the podcast as well. I'll definitely attend. I'll be there. I'll turn up. Uh, turn up. Yeah. I'll turn up. Well, I don't drink, so my turn up is normally quite <laughs> quite mild. <laughs> quite mild turn up. <laughs> um, and I think if if it's is to be confused as me as a Christian celebrating the sin that I'm not living out my life as a Christian correctly. Um, I think... But then, what, isn't that down to the person's perspective rather than... Oh, no, yeah, yeah, no, I, I think it's... But even that, there, there's another argument with that, but mm. I'll let Peter finish. Uh, in, in terms of the person's perspective, I think, as, as I said, and, and the reason I referenced what we said there is because one of the things we said was, as Mo has reiterated today, your being gay or your being out of wedlock is of less severity if you don't know who Christ is. That's a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. And my 
instinct or my aim or, or my main thing is to introduce you and, and to have you familiarize you with who Christ is and who he is in your life. Um, and so any opportunity I have to do that, I'll do it. And if that means being there on your wedding day, because we have been, you know, I say that now, especially with the experience of having worked with someone that was gay, you know, and, and um, initially I didn't even know that he was gay. So we were doing all the prison jokes and everything every now and then. <laughs> And like I wouldn't, I, I didn't even know he was gay. So when I found out, I was like, "Damn, have I like offended him at some point?" Mm. And I was like, "No, I haven't offended him because we all, we all, you know, we all make jokes and, and stuff like that." But he knows I'm a Christian, and he mm. knows the Christian stance on what mm. being gay is in a Christian view. But if he doesn't know who Christ is, I've got bigger challenges to. Mm-hmm. to overcome well not me because I don't do anything God's, God will show him regrets but my 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 job there is to be that Bible mm-hmm. that he sees you know and I don't have to agree with what you do to be there to support you in any way and I think that's something personally I see with Christ in that he was found among sinners mm-hmm. you know and, and the Pharisees pointed it out day in day out that you know your disciples eat with sinners why are you with sinners why are you found with this prostitute blah 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 but there were bigger things on his mind, mm-hmm. like his father's business. And I think that's where I stand. So, especially with this this guy, like, he's actually a really cool guy. And I say that as if gay people are not, but no. <laughs> like, realizing he was gay was just another thing that I learned about him. Mm. And I realized, and I actually don't care about that. You know, I'd rather you come to church and, you know, hear some poetry or get to know who Christ is, mm. you know. And then whatever you do with Christ and him being in your life, we can you can go and do that. Because I've seen a gay pastor on TV arguing with another pastor like, it's okay to be gay. Now that I'll have issue with, because if we're both yeah. of the Christian faith, we don't believe mm-hmm. this is acceptable. Mm-hmm. Right? Got, the same way we don't accept, you know, child out of wedlock and all of that. Not that we don't accept it, but we believe that it's wrong. That I have issue with. If you don't know who Christ is, that's, really what I want, that's what I want yeah. you to Yeah, you, you're not... In your mind, you're not sinning, mm-hmm. you know, and I can't tell you it's sin because the only reason it is sin is because of God. Mm-hmm. If you don't have God, then it's not sin to you. So my biggest thing is trying to get God mm-hmm. to you, and the way mm-hmm. that I have learned to do that is by me being present yeah. and me being myself around you. Some people can preach and some people can do whatever. For me, it's more being around. So that's that's why I don't see it as celebrating sin, mm-hmm. but then I'll find myself there, I'll be there, do everything. And, yeah. Yeah. I want to add to that as well in terms of. Um, oh, I've forgotten the point. There's two points. Um, I talked too much. No, no, it's cool. Alright, it's the. Um, yes, that's what I wanted to say. In terms of kind of condemning a homosexual for being a homosexual and saying, no, you need to come out of that because you're in a sin, then what we're essentially doing is telling them that their works is going to save them mm. rather than Christ has and it has already saved them. And secondly, when I was working in my previous workplace, there was this um, gay guy there, but he was like overly gay. Mm. So everything about him was very feminine. He used to wear his sister's blouse into work. Because his sister worked there as well, so he would take his sister's blouse, and his sister was a lot smaller than him. So the blouse would come up very smaller than him. And like there was another gay guy, there was a gay supervisor there, and the supervisor was saying, This guy is too gay for my liking. And everyone thought this gay supervisor was, was like proper out there as well. <coughs> and I was doing a typical thing, not even the typical Christian thing, but the typical young male thing. Just like, Ugh, man, leave me alone. What do you do? 
And literally one day I was walking past it and I've heard God saying to me, if you don't show him my love, who will? Mm. 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 I had to I had to stop, say hi to him, and just have a conversation with him before I walked off. And ever mm. since then to start having that conversation with him. And it was a case of when God said, when I heard God say that, I was like, that is such a potent truth. Mm. That it's like, if we as his ambassadors don't show his love to those who have been outcasted by society, who is? Mm. I think uh, I wrote once that your, you know, the life of a Christian is the only Bible that some people ever read. Mm. And I feel like within Christianity, it's very easy for us to pass responsibility to someone else mm-hmm. and that someone else will, will do it so, yeah. I, so I don't have Jackie to. Hill Perry can uh, she can minister to the gays <laughs> and the question I was going to pose in terms of yours we don't have to answer it due to time mm. but the question I was going to pose was as Paul was saying if me eating meat causes my brother to stumble mm. I won't eat meat mm. to avoid them stumbling so mm. in terms of if me going to a gay wedding would cause my brother to stumble how then would I tread around that? Mm. But it, it, obviously, if you're able to explain your stance to them, mm. that helps. Yeah, yeah. But if they just see you, hey, Dick and Peter, he's going to... Mm. And that's all they see. Which is exactly what will happen in my church. <laughs> that's that's all they see. At least not amongst my, my age group, but amongst the older ones. The aunties and the uncles. It's like, if, if that's all they see, then how do we address that? Mm. How do we then address our actions and our stance and our knowledge mm. causing another person to sin. Mm. But we can address that somehow, unless we've got enough time. I mean, what I really want to quickly say about that, because that's something that really annoys me, um, is <coughs> I think Paul said that with a heart of compassion mm-hmm. towards other people whose faith is not strong enough. Mm. Um, and it was regarding specific things like, no, no, not specific things, but it was regarding things like eating meat and stuff like that. Me going to show Christ to someone, if that's something that's going to cause you to stumble, if that makes sense, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I feel, I feel less sympathetic towards that. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you know, especially if, and I, and I say this from the experience of, you know, the, the aunties and the uncles that would be like, hey, the computer is going to do this. They won't give me a chance to explain myself. Mm. They won't give me the benefit of the doubt. They will take that story around, and by the time you hear it, I am gay and I'm getting married. That's how bad it is. So for that, like, I I get very incensed about stuff like that. Um, And I have no sympathy towards that. I'll I'll do it anyway. But where, you know, there are young people coming up, they're looking at me and they're struggling with stuff like that. I I think it's worth, again, prayerfully seeing how, you know, if if, if they're going to struggle with that, then maybe I don't have to go. Maybe there's opportunities to, to, you know, show God in other ways. Okay. Um, Or, I, I can go and then that would be an opportunity for them to learn something yeah. so yeah. then it's prayerful and I, I'd, I'd address it as such mm. but for yeah that's that's. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I want to say a very big thank you to F1 uh, sorry I couldn't respond earlier um, I did see I think on Monday and I wanted to respond but I was just busy at work and oh, I couldn't at least we recorded it so the listeners know that yeah. If you drop in a question, we will we'll, get to it. We'll if, get if, to even it. if we don't talk about it there, we will talk about it on the podcast. So, so I think that'll be a very nice place to round up. Mm-hmm. So um, let's do our handles: uh, Twitter, the Furnace UK, at the Furnace UK, 
soundcloud.com forward slash the blacksmith's furnace without an apostrophe the itunes the blacksmith's furnace with an apostrophe the email address is tbsfurnace at hotmail.com uk.com mm. shout out to partners in rhyme you got it that time you got it you got it. the intro second and outro music and Tora media Tora media for our the ordinary amazing logo for the ordinary amazing logo um i also want to appeal to listeners those that get us through itunes um currently rating and reviewing does help uh get like put you on stuff like the boards and stuff like that so other people can find you thankfully itunes don't do stats uh, so i can't see how many people are downloading it and stuff like that uh, which is good so that I don't get proud or we don't get proud um, I don't even look at the SoundCloud <laughs> so uh, if, if you if you do listen to us on iTunes leave us a review um, and on SoundCloud as well like engage uh, it, it does encourage us it does help us as well and we get to learn other stuff as well and if you want to come down onto the show please put your name down for it you can come down come and join the conversation you know trust me and if you're a babes or a gay guy that listens uh Oh, but it's taking fan mail. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm accepting fan mail. Accepting fan mail from everyone. Everyone. It could be gay. You could be straight. You could be male. You could be female. It could be, it could be alien. It could be anyone. That's an alien. Clark Kent. <laughs> I will say as well. Obviously, from hearing everything that we're in terms of gifts and talents, if you are planning a wedding and you would like Robert to plan your wedding he is currently planning Peter's yeah, he's yeah. currently planning Peter's wedding and he's how are you going to save it how are you going <laughs> to save it I don't know, I don't know. It's Peter's friend's wedding Peter's friend's wedding <laughs> he's currently planning Peter's wedding um, and he's planning another wedding so he's got two hopefully as and when these things start materialising he's going to have more pictures on his Instagram mm. um, but yeah coming soon. in terms soon. of if you want to get in contact with him obviously you can get in contact with um, the Blacksmith Furnace he's part of us so um, he will get and alternatively what's your Instagram Bobby A Events Bobby A Events yeah, Instagram so if you want that you can get that done also myself if you would like um, pictures taken Location shoots, um, wedding shoots, um, what else? Pre pre wedding shoots, um, engagement shoots, like Event family shoot. portraits, um, events, yeah. um, family portraits. If you just like portrait shot for yourself as well, you can get in touch with me. My Twitter handle, no, not Twitter. Um, Instagram handle is at hmuseh, and I'm, my blog as well is hmuseh.wordpress.com Check and it out guys, it's actually really good even if you don't need anything, check it out for the pictures yeah, man. some cool pictures it will inspire you Fam, I need to stop checking my stats on WordPress they're depressing Anything <laughs> <laughs> uh, you want to put out there, Peter? Uh, no, not at the moment no, Peter's setting, Peter setting up his, his management thing as well Peter's gonna be my manager once all of you guys start giving me business. He's gonna start. I'm gonna start getting you to to holler me through him. <laughs> but yeah, step by step, step by step. All right, so this is the Black Spurs for this signing up. Blow. <laughs>